Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad for Podgo. I recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O co. Don't forget to add our podcast, Chatter from the Cheap Seats, from the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. If you have a show, go to Podgo. Today is Saturday, October 3rd, and get ready, get in a comfy seat, maybe grab a nice hot beverage, maybe some hot cocoa, yeah. just listen to your favorite podcast, which is Chatter from the Cheap Seats. I'm your host, Jack Feldman, alongside my co-host, Sammy Crimpstein and Ori Yachin. Uh We're excited to be here today. You guys can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at chatter underscore cheap seats pod. Leave a five-star rating review, Apple Podcast, and we're going to have an absolute banger of a show today. Sammy, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I am currently – or I'm not at the tournament, not staying there, but my baseball team is – or I'm playing in the tournament. I just didn't opted not to stay in a hotel because of COVID. I'm not, like, skipping my team's tournament. But, yeah, we have a tournament in, uh, like, York – in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So that was fun. Got to get up early and drive up there and that's fun. Getting yeah, up no, early, oh, that's fun. The, the getting up early part wasn't that good, but I'm, I sleep like a baby in the car. I have no issue sleeping in the car. So it was really like, I got up, I got my clothes on and then I just went straight back to sleep in my car. So I would hope you got your it, clothes on. <laughs> yeah, you would hope. But, um, yeah, that was fun, two games, and the stars are really aligning because a lot of times on Sundays, um, we play early games, but tomorrow we're playing at 11.20, which one gives me time to sleep, but usually the downside to the later games is that I can't watch the Bears. The Bears game, I later find out, has been moved to 4.25 because of some of the COVID stuff going on, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But the stars are really aligning because I never thought these three things would happen at once. I never saw, thought that at the same time, I would get to sleep in, sort of, play baseball, and watch the Bears game. It's really going to be a great day tomorrow. I can just already feel the vibes. So There's also another team that Sammy likes that he will not get to watch. Well, let's... Let's just say that. I had to sneak that in there. Let's just say that for later, please. I a little bit of a comment. We are going to be talking about that series later on. If you don't know what you're talking, we're talking about. We're talking about the Cubs, the Marlins. Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned, Ori. How you doing? Yeah, Ori. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I had a double header today, um, which is why I'm a little tired. (laughs) <laughs> uh, played like really really not good watching day. this on youtube Ori looks like he's about to like pass out yeah yeah Ori. Yeah. <sighs> yeah i'm very very tired but i'm here anyway um 
Yeah, so had a doubleheader. I'll have another doubleheader tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of baseball for me. It's like yep. 8. It's now 9 o'clock, and I'm ready to go to sleep. So I hope I get a good night rest. But other than that, nothing much. Uh, I kind of want to get right into it, and we'll start with uh, NFL and kind of what's happening uh, with COVID. Sam, you want to take that? Well, yeah. We – all kind of thought for a while there that the NFL was invincible, that COVID could not touch the NFL. The NFL was immune. And inevitably, that's not the case. And the NFL has had its first real serious situation, its first real outbreak of COVID. The Tennessee Titans have had multiple cases and we're getting it. I think that news broke four days ago of roughly three players testing positive and five staff members, but those numbers are growing day by day. So we can really call this an outbreak. Very concerning for NFL fans because if this happens more and more, and we talked about this right when the MLB season was starting and we had some trouble with the Marlins and the Cardinals, the Titans are now like the Marlins and Cardinals. And they are putting the NFL in jeopardy a little bit. We hope not, but we will see. Jack, what do you have to say? Are you scared that the NFL season could get cut short? Or do you think that this this is going to turn out fine and all the games like the Steelers, Titans is gonna yeah. be, are going to be made up eventually? I think that NFL really dropped the ball. What they should have done is they should have added an extra week in between the last regular season game and the last postseason game, or the first postseason game, and they should have made it just like – because they knew games were going to get canceled. This was going to happen, and they they could have just bumped those games back then. But I kind of think that's a mistake. I don't think this this is going to cause any real threat to ending the NFL season. I think they're going to get through it just like baseball did. And can we just give some credit – to MOB and Rob Manfred. And I know we don't like giving credit to Rob Manfred, but I mean, they did a really good job. I mean, they got oh. through the entire season. No one, no one thought it was going to happen. Buster only said that there is a 0% chance that they will finish this season. And they did it. There were a I couple know. hiccups throughout the yeah. way. But I mean, you really got to tip your hat to the MOB on this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of the sports leagues have really done a phenomenal job. NBA has probably been the best. The bubble's been super successful. MLB finished a season, a fun, exciting, successful season, now into the postseason. And the NFL is looking to do the same. And for a while there, you know, first three weeks of the season, they were really looking good on the COVID perspective. Or do you have any thoughts on uh, all this that's kind of going on? It's kind of deja vu from what we were talking about with the MLB two yeah, months ago. Exactly. I want to kind of bring up the point that this happened with the MLB and then they came out with a few more stricter protocols and kind of got through the season and they did a really, really good job. We'll see if, uh, you know, the NFL makes some new rules, uh, some new things that the players will have to follow because they're going to have to do something because not only are, are the Titans um, with COVID, um, also Cam Newton was tested yeah. positive. So that game is postponed. And unlike baseball, which is a little bit more easy to reschedule games that are postponed, and maybe every game is a little less meaningful just because there's so many more, every game in the NFL really, really counts and is really, really important. 
So rescheduling um, maybe two or three weeks of missed games is going to be nearly impossible. So they have to really fix it and fix it fast. I think the urgency needs to be there even more than it was with the MLB. But I think they'll get through it. They they did a pretty good job starting the year and just a few more precautions, and hopefully they can make it through the season. Yeah, and that's what it's about. Just – it's always an evolving situation. That's what it's been all year for everybody. You're always changing what you're doing and changing your plans, I guess, to deal with it. And that's what the NFL is going to have to do. It's what the NBA has done. It's what the MLB has done. It's a whole new world for everybody. And we're just kind of trying to figure it out, I guess. But now we're going to be talking about some MLB and we had the playoffs starting. We already kind of talked a little bit about the fact that the playoffs already started. And we had some really fun series to watch in the first round. Something like we've never seen before in the MLB with the three-game series, best to two. Jack, what was your favorite series? Try to take your bias out of it, but I have a feeling I know what you're going to say of this new format that the MLB tried. Uh, now, contrary to popular belief, my favorite series was Padres Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Now that was a banger, man. What really was? What I liked about this series, what what I liked about the postseason format, is that there were games from all day, from two o'clock, and not even like twelve o'clock to ten o'clock. And beautiful, I would hate. If I were, if the Yankees had like a two o'clock game or a twelve thirty game, I would absolutely hate that because I get so intense during those games. If I had to watch one of those during school, during school. Oh, uh, I mean March Madness, I can handle, but I cannot handle that happening with my Yankees. And I think, I mean, did you feel that at all with the Cubs? Yeah, well, the Cubs played two two o'clock games and. The last one was on a Friday, which in MCPS we had a half day, so no issues there. But the first one was Wednesday, and luckily it was kind of um, – it was just a free period during English for the most part, kind of catching up on work. That's the class I had, and we're doing online school. So I finished my work pretty quickly, and I flipped on the Cubs game. Let's be honest. Uh, it was, would have, even, even if it wasn't a free period, you would have found a way to watch that game. I would have found a way, either on my phone – like, maybe just keep peeking back to the TV, but so, yeah, so, there was no way I was going to miss that. But let's get in. Let's get into uh, the Padres Cardinals series because yeah. the Padres looked pretty flat in the first game, and that's very deflating when you have Paddock, who Paddock is a, one of your legit pitchers. I mean, you have a yeah. lot of injuries. You have injuries to Lamette, you have injuries to Clevenger. And I mean, with a guy like Paddock on the mound, you need to win that. That's a big game for the Padres. And Absolutely. They didn't win. And then they come back in game two. Game two was and they almost just as bad. I mean, I don't want to say it was as bad as game one, but they were down four runs twice. And they came back twice. They, this Padres team is incredible. They scored 11 runs that game. And Tatis can we just talk home runs? I'm, yeah. Can we just what talk about run? Fernando Tatis Jr.? And I think – I mean, the Padres are so good for baseball, man. If 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 baseball finds a way to ruin the Padres, I mean, the way they celebrate it after they won, because you see teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers, they don't celebrate after a wild card win. You see maybe a hug, maybe two. There's no champagne. It's business. They've been there before. 
the Padres make winning fun again. And Fernando Tatis is a guy, you can market him. He wants to be marketed. You can use that to your advantage. But if MLB finds a way to ruin this like they did with so many stars in the past, that would be truly upsetting. Yeah, well, and I also want to talk about another guy in the Padres who also had two home runs at Game 2 who is not getting nearly enough attention, and that is Will Myers, who honestly has been underrated for a long time. This season, he had 288, had a 959 OPS plus, and that actually is higher than the OPS that Tatis finished the season with. Believe it or not, Will Myers is high-key going under the radar, and he had two home runs in that game just as big of a piece as Tatis was to winning that game and just as big of a piece as Tatis was to their success during the regular season. Will Myers has been really good, very underrated, and Ori, what do you want to say about the Padres? I just in general, I, such an exciting team. There's so much to say about the Padres. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say the exact same thing. They're just so exciting, and they're really, really good for baseball, as Jack said. Um, they're young. Um, they have a superstar in Fernando, but they also have, you know, the big money spender in Manny Machado. So they have yeah. the big name. They have, they have the upcoming big name. Um, and they have pretty good pitching, although the pitching didn't really yeah. show up this series. Which I mean, it was I'm, tough for them. I mean, they had LeMay yeah. and uh, Clevenger gone for that series, and they still managed a way to pull now, it off. Is, is there a chance of LeMay coming back? I think Clevenger might come back. I don't know about LeMay. Clevenger might come back. He had a bullpen that he had a good bullpen and everyone was encouraged and everyone was getting excited. But then recently he had a bad bullpen. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep you up. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're optimistic for Clevenger for the second series. And man, they looked, they were able to win ball games without those two guys. And if you can get just one of them, Clevenger back makes a world of difference. And this is, you know, I, I said it last episode as well, but this is a team that can really make a run. They're so good. And, I mean, that fourth game I want to talk about, or third game, there are not four games in any of these series. But um, that third game, we're talking about pitching. They were able to improvise and adapt after their improvise, adapt, overcome, you know, that mean whatever. But, you know, with the starter pitching, not really present, word pod, they had to use nine pitchers over nine innings, and they had a four-hit shutout of the St. Louis Cardinals, which, yes, aren't a great offensive team, but to shut out anybody is great. And when you do it with nine pitchers, it shows that maybe the traditional format of having a starter go five, six innings, that could be in jeopardy for the future. You know, we, were talking about, we talked about it a lot with the openers and stuff, and this is exactly that using your bullpen all game, a true bullpen day. Really interesting to see that you can have so much success when you're using nine different pitchers. It's awesome to see, especially when your starters are hurt. Yeah, I think it was just an incredibly intelligent move by the manager to shift their strategy to a bullpen-focused strategy. I mean, even when – they um, let six runs, uh, even when they're uh, one of their best pitchers, let six runs early, you know, their bullpen went through the rest of that game, only allowing one. So they already yep. had confidence in the bullpen. And then they just gave the bullpen the full game in game three. And they, 
really played extremely well. And I think yeah. it really makes sense because instead of having to rely on one guy to beat a full lineup multiple times, you rely on one guy to beat three or four batters. Yep. And then there's a new guy in, and it's really, really tough. Problem, for, though? For, for professional hitters. The problem, though, is with bullpens, let's say you're using five pitchers in the course of a bullpen game. If one or two of those pitchers doesn't have it that night, you're not, you're not going to have a chance to win that game. Whereas with a starter, he's either on or off. And if he's on, I mean, that's huge for your team that day. So that's yeah, the and- problem with the bullpen days. And yeah. I also think that it's important that the, pot, the, the Cardinals never saw the same reliever twice in that series. That's amazing. And Ori talked about how the managerial strategy there is on point. And Jace Tingler, the manager of the Padres, I'd honestly give manager of the year to him right now. He's been like, incredible. I do, there, Sammy, are, there are a lot Sammy, of good Sammy, candidates. Sammy, Sammy, yeah. Sammy. The, the, the NL manager of the year is an absolute lock. Don Mattingly is going to run away with that. And let's talk about Don uh, a little bit. Let's talk about the – I give it to Tingler. Marlins. I give it to Tingler. Sammy, but I, the Marlins, what the Marlins had to deal with with COVID and overcoming everything, you got to give it to Don Mattingly. And let's talk about that. So, Sammy – Maybe I'm just a little angry. I think you're going to avoid this subject here. But we're going to give you the spotlight – me and Ori are going to sit back on this series, and let's just hear what you have to say. Three, two, one, go. Wait, wait, well, wait. Little disclaimer, Sammy. I called it. I said Marlins would beat Cubs, and true. you were crapping on me. Jack was that like, that is no true. Way. And here we go. All right, but I'll give you the floor, my dude. Yeah, I, if you follow me on Instagram, I already posted this, but – there's a clip of Stephen A. Smith, pretty famous, and, you know, he's having a bad day. And I really did feel like that um, after we got swept by the Marlins in a three-game series. Really, what was just two games? I mean... One run in two games. I'm not going to get it done. I mean, look, I, it's hard to find words that... It, it's just sad for me because... That is a lineup that is no doubt talented. And they've shown it before. All those pieces in that lineup have had years with where they've been top you know, guys in the league. All of them almost have been all-stars. Schwarber almost run a home run derby. And all those guys dropped off this year significantly. Bryant, I ha- there's an excuse for. Chris Bryant dealt with injuries. He only played 32 games. And he's starting to get hot towards the end of the regular season. Anthony Rizzo struggled. No excuse. Javier Baez had the worst on-base percentage in baseball. And I try to defend this guy. I love this guy. He's so exciting to watch. And defensively, he's still amazing. But he's not getting the job done. Contreras got off to a hot start Danny. and significantly dropped off. Danny, I'm just going to I'm going to stop you right there because you're pissed on the inside. You're pissed. And I know you're nice guy Sammy. You never try to explain display too much emotion. Well, let's hear it. Get mad Sammy. Get mad. Your Cubs <laughs> who are one of the best teams in the NL just got swept by the Marlins. How oh many games God. have the Marlins winning lot, winning this year? 
I had the Marlins winning 11 games. 11 games. 11 11 games. games, And you just got swept one run in two games. Javier Baez, terrible batting average. Chris Bryant, 0 for 4 in the series. Or 0 for 4 in that last game. Javier Baez, 0 for 4 in that last game. Anthony Rizzo, 0 for 4 in that last game. Get mad. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings here, but let's hear some true emotion. What do you really want to say about this series? Yell. Get loud. Let's go. I mean, it's just it's, – it's really tough, man. I I will say this. To be a little positive, I know you want me to yell and scream, which I'm, I am beyond angry, but Darvish and Hendricks pitched great. There is nothing more our pitchers could have done in that series. Absolutely nothing. When you score one run in two games to the Marlins, which I get it, Sixto Sanchez is pretty good, but he was missing spots. He was not perfect. He was making rookie mistakes. His stuff is great, but a fastball in the high 90s down the middle should not be intimidating to Kyle Schwarber, should not be intimidating to Chris Bryant. And those are guys who could not hit all series. The only guy who really was hitting consistently in those two games was Ian Happ. He had the only run, a solo shot in game one. He went like two for three or something in that last game. Now, you know what I find frustrating? The offense, the offense for the Cubs was just abysmal all year, and the series really highlighted that. The Marlins are a decent team, but really, really, I mean, Jack, what and you know what I find interesting about this? I tried to rile you up there. You're not angry. You're defeated. You're depressed. I, You're I am depressed. You I, are broken inside. The Cubs fan inside. If the little – W flag that is in place of Sammy's yeah. heart is torn in half right now, Sammy. Yeah, you well, are just defeated. I mean, y- y'all know the stages of like grief or whatever, right? <laughs> I mean, let's see. Which one are you in? I wait. I'm looking. I can't quite remember. I have to look him up. Did uh, he go through an angry phase? Well, what, what what's the order? I'm trying to find that. Uh, I don't even know, but I, I'm in the uh, depression phase, I think. Whatever, whichever phase that is. Did you go through an angry phase yet, or is that coming? Or I, th- I mean, for me, like, it's, it's, bas- it's been depression, I think, for the – All right, here we days. go. We got the five stages of grief. So, denial, all right? Uh, denial. denial. Probably going on during the game, like maybe the last – Yeah. I, I think that was probably going on during the ninth inning, like when Jason Hayward let off with a – he had a leadoff double in the ninth. I was like denying that we were going to get swept in the Marlins. I was like, we're going to do this. That was probably my denial phase. Maybe. All right. And then next comes anger. Anger. Hmm. Were you angry? I, I, maybe during, during the game, I was pretty pissed. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, during the game, I was very pissed. Okay. I, I guess I'll say that was my anger. The third is bargaining, which I have no idea what that means. Bargaining. I, it's... Yeah, I, I think it's like when you're trying to like trade stuff for it. I I don't really the off season I, that could be the off season. Maybe, maybe the off season. Yep. Yeah, maybe the off season. All right, and then comes depression. Depression. That's where I am. I mean, like I'm definitely. Hey, that means you're one stage away from acceptance. So acceptance. <laughs> now, Sammy's a nice guy and all, but does he really deserve two high end therapists helping him through this? No, we've all been there. Our teams have sucked. I have to deal with the New York football giants every single Sunday. Sammy, you're going to pull through this, buddy. I'm rooting for you. I know. Let's move on now. 
to Yankees Indians. Wait, wait, wait. Actually, before we move on, I just want to say one thing. Not related to the Cubs, but not really. Still caught up on it. It's like a breakup. Same yeah, we're, we're, no, wait. It's not about the Cubs. Boog Shiambi and Chipper Jones are so bad. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I, those those, they, uh, those oh. are the two ESPN commentators calling the Cubs series. And my goodness, it was abysmal. Me and my dad, my dad and I, excuse me, and you are going to criticize me on my Word grammar. God. Um, my dad and I had to turn on the radio and sync it up from our phones because Chipper Jones and Bukshiambi were so bad. What was I so mean, bad Jed, about it? They don't, like, they're just so unenthused. Like, I was talking about that leadoff double Hayward had in the ninth inning. He did not care. He was telling a story or something. I mean, the Marlins, the Marlins were one inning, one out away from moving on to the next round, and Chipper Jones was talking about his golf game. Exactly. It's atrocious. Chipper Jones is so bad, and he was a great atrocious. player. It is depressing. It is disconcerting. Yes. I mean, Chipper Jones was a great player. Don't get me wrong, but, like, ESPN needs to find a way to get – he's the new, like, Booger McFarland. I mean, Ori has more energy this episode than Chipper yes. Jones does Ch- in his – I mean, Ch- Chipper yeah. Jones legitimately sounds half asleep in the middle of a wild card game where the Cubs were in it, only down by two runs, and the Marlins – I'm not a Marlins fan, obviously, but the Marlins are about to win their first playoff series since, like, 2003 or something. I, I mean, Chipper Jones could be casted for the teacher in Ferris Bueller's Days Off. Day off. I mean, I've seen here. So his voice is just so monotone and it's awful. But let's move on to yeah, something just a little to bit get that more in. exciting than Chipper Jones here. The Yankees Indian series. Now, just to, as your resident Yankee fan, just running you through my emotions and what was going on inside my head during these games. So, game one, I'm freaking out before the game, right? I am so nervous. Uh, Sammy. I sent yeah, you a I couple videos early. I can definitely attest to that. Oh, wait. I, I, on YouTube, I, 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 won't, I won't do Jack like this, but he sent me some pictures of him screaming funny stuff. Funny stuff. Funny I stuff. I might have to edit them in that there. That was during the game. Yeah, maybe Sammy, that would not be nice of you. <laughs> uh, it would be payback for the Cubs comments that I have so brutally. I'll, I'll think about it. You have to redeem yourself. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so game one. Before the game, I'm very nervous. Now, Shane Bieber, he starts off DJ 2-0. and And I'm thinking, maybe he doesn't have it today, right? And all of a sudden, the, he throws a high pitch, borderline pitch to DJ. DJ doesn't swing, and it's called a ball. I'm like, let's go. The ump is on our side. DJ hits that opposite field single. Then big Aaron Judge comes up to the plate. He takes a fastball right down the middle to right field. I was willing out with my mind. I didn't know if it was going to get out. It got out. I went nuts. I was screaming, running around my house. I was going crazy. And then I relaxed and I sort of, my emotional ride throughout that game, I sort of coasted. I sort of knew we were going to win that game. We didn't have to burn anyone good out of our bullpen. I think Sessa finished that game in slop duty. Garrett Cole pitched great. Uh, I think he had 12 strikeouts, seven innings, uh, one He's, run. Postseason Garrett Cole is scary. Postseason Any Garrett Cole is scary. I mean, now let's move on to game two, which 
I'm going to say it right now, the greatest baseball game I have ever watched in my life. If you have Come not on. I Sammy, that is the Sammy, that is the greatest game I have it ever was a gr- it was it was quite a, it was a roller coaster. I was watching Watch it too. the highlights. Look up on YouTube. Game seven of the twenty sixteen World Series, man. Even game seven but, but, last but, year. But was. I'm talking about like for me personally, because I'm not All right. invested. I'm not emotionally invested in those games. I was emotionally invested in this right, game. That's fair enough. And that was an, an incredible game. Look up Yankees Indians game two recap on YouTube or anywhere and find it and just watch like a two minute YouTube clip because it was impressive. I mean, it, it, so let's just start off from the beginning, right? So the Yankees start the game. Tanaka's on the mound and he literally looks like, I mean, he looks majestic, but his legs, like he literally looks like he's about to be knocked over by wind. The wind is going crazy. And before this, there was a rain delay and it didn't even rain during the rain delay. And then literally two minutes into Tanaka pitching, it's like a freaking hurricane. The rain is pouring down. He's pitching in a monsoon. I mean, it's unfair to him. And he gave up. He got knocked around in that first inning. And I think it's a little bit – his stat line was skewed skewed a little bit because of the rain, and there were some elements. There are some things. Tanaka, he didn't have it, but, I mean, he did battle, and his stat line won't show it, but – I mean, he did battle in the third, second, third, fourth, and semi-fifth uh, inning there. Semi. semi. Um, I mean, didn't you say Tanaka was the best pitcher in playoff history? And didn't no, you say- no, no. I said he yes. was one of the best. I didn't nope. say he was the no, best. No, no. Did I say he was the best? Well, I yes. still stand by that. I still stand by that. It is unfair to say to blame Tanaka for this. I mean, Carlos Carrasco, who was the Indians pitcher. You're like six runs in four innings. You're not going to yeah, blame no. him? No, because you're not gonna blame him for six earned runs. No, because he was pitching in a monsoon. Carlos Crasso three walks. Does a monsoon? Ever. Yes, it does because you don't get the grip on the baseball. Or trust me, he's a professional. It doesn't matter. They never should have started that game. They never should. They should have delayed it like 15 more minutes. But let me run you through my emotions going on to this game. So I mean, the game took so long. It was nearly five hours. It ended at 1:15 a.m. Uh, the Yankees were down to their final three outs. And if we lost that game, I don't think we win the series. We burned our entire bullpen. I don't think we win the series there. We needed to win that game. And we did. And Gio Urshela, they, who, who the Indians traded away, they DFA'd this guy. They DFA'd oh, this man. Back-to-back seasons. Uh, uh, last season, he hit – 314 this season he hit 298 in the small sample size but I mean the grand slam and then the the hit in the ninth to to start the rally and then also that diving play he made at third have you guys seen that play oh uh, I think I, I may have been watching look it up look yeah, up actually, right I think now. I was watching right now on YouTube right now on YouTube Gio Urshela game saving play 90% of third baseman in the MLB. I, I can think of maybe three. I, I would say Nolan Arenado, Anthony Rendon, and Matt Chapman are the only three third basemen that make I wouldn't, the I, I would not put Rendon there. Maybe not. Um, Rendon has made some pretty – Rendon's a nice players. defender, but I mean, he's Manny not that Machado, I would put Manny Machado, Machado. In that also, maybe instead of Rendon. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if any of them make that play, to be honest. I mean, the ball was behind him. He was fully extended. 
if he if that ball gets by him, the Yankees lose that game. Most likely, they lose that game. And that's true. It was such a ballsy play by him, and it really shows to you. Yankees paid this paid fifty thousand dollars for this guy, and he's turned into an absolute stud. Yeah, that's true. I feel bad for the Indians, man. He's GFA guy, and he turns like I mean the Yankees. They you know, done Cashman and White Club. I don't know, like. Also, they're so good at just finding guys like that who teams have given up on. DJ LeMayu, not to the same extent, but they didn't. I mean, any team could have had DJ LeMayu. Any team. The, every single team in the MLB could have had DJ LeMayu. His asking price was like, I, I think the Yankees gave him 14. I'll, I'll, I'll look up now DJ LeMayu contract, but I don't think it was an enormous amount of money. So, yeah, so his contract was two years. Twenty-four million dollars, which that's isn't a, a lot of that's money. A, I mean, it's, it's a, that's a good money, amount of money, bro. A decent amount of money. No, it's not. No, but any team can afford that. And oh, the Orioles could that's afford. Not true. Two no, years, they can't. Two years, twenty-four million. That's like a third. That's like a third of their pay, more than yeah, a third that's, of their. That's pay. more than a third of our whole of a payroll. But you're not paying twenty-four million dollars every season. We're paying twelve. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's a lot team. of money for the Orioles. But I'm saying. I'm saying. If the Orioles really, if the Orioles knew what DJ LeMayu was going to turn into, they would have paid him that money. If no one, I mean, DJ LeMayu, it's not like he, I mean, he he was a batting champ in Colorado. Yeah, I know, but he was nobody, not a guy who who Yankees fans were not. He didn't start opening day in 2019 for the Yankees. He was not a starter for opening day. That is ridiculous. He hits 364 this season. He is the Yankees. I mean, he's the best player, I, I think. I mean, I think not best, but I'd say he's the second most valuable player on our offense outside of Aaron Judge. I think Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt. I, I would say DJ Lemieux is more valuable than Luke Voigt. It's probably true. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and, I mean I'm not arguing. Guy, we, we, I mean, we did trade Giovanni Gallegos, who is a very good reliever. However, I mean, we got he's the home run king. He's the, I mean, he he's turned into an absolute beast, and it's just crazy what Brian Cashman is able to do. Yeah, what a series, and we're going to be focusing on one more, and then we're just going to kind of quickly go through we're only the other ones. The, the, the closer series, and the Yankee series wasn't close, but that game, too, was such a good game. We had oh, yeah, we had to. Oh, and, of course, Jack with the Yankees got to cover that. But uh, the last one we're going to be talking about was quite a fun one, White Sox A's, and did we all of the White Sox? Yep. Wow. I? Well, pretty sure I that, that I is a cold. I, I don't know if I did. Actually, yeah, Jack Jack had the A's. Jack had I the had A's. the A's in my postseason bracket on my phone on the MLB. Yeah. That's why I'm thinking of that. And, I mean, really, that series comes down to one pitching meltdown. It, it was just kind of a disaster. It, it just kept getting out of control. It was that bottom of the fourth inning in game three. And three different pitchers end up pitching that inning. Four runs are scored. And those are the only runs they scored in the game three, the elimination game. But it was enough. And it was enough to win them that series. White Sox played pretty good, though. Robert had – did you guys see that? That monster home yeah, run, like the second game. longest. Or so, I think it was some crazy. Luis Robert, I think he's I fine think it's Robert. Robert. No, he's fine with Robert, and that's like – how Americans pronounce it, but like the correct pronunciation in really? Cuba, 
is Luis Robert, and I know we're okay. a word pod, so I just have to bring that to our attention. No, that's good. I interviews. He is fine with Robert, but okay. we're a word pod. We don't strive for fine. We don't strive for decent. We strive to be great, and that's what we do when it comes to the English language. So I just had to enlighten you guys on this quick little tidbit. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, Jack, you want to just go through, like, the series scores of the other series for us? Yes, yeah, so uh, so the Padres Cardinals. Obviously, the Padres won that series. We kind of touched up. We we talked about that a little bit. They won that series in three games. Now I'm not, I'm not going to say the scores. I'm just going to go ahead and tell how many games each team won in. Yeah. So yeah, that's all we want. The White Sox A series, which we were just talking about, obviously also went three games. Uh, the Yankees swept the Indians. The Braves swept the Reds. The Rays swept the Blue Jays. The Astros swept the Twins, and the Twins, we have a very close friend who is a diehard Twins fan, and you got to feel bad for him because the yeah. Twins have not won a Sorry, Tommy, if you're game listening. in, like, how many? It's been, like, 20-something years, I think. 19 years, maybe. It's been a crazy amount of time. Being a Minnesota uh, fan is a rough life. The Dodgers swept the Brewers, but, I mean, can you could you just imagine how, like, just, I mean, how distraught you have to be if you're a Twins fan in this situation. Yeah, but, man. I mean, I, always look forward to next year if you're a Twins fan. And for us, we're looking forward to next round because there still is baseball to be played. So let's do the second round preview. Ori, do you want to take us away? Yeah, all right. So I will say the matchup. We're going to kind of go all around the league. We're not going to go AL than NL. Um, I just wrote them down. So... <laughs> Uh, you guys are going to give me the team. I'll give you the matchup. Astros versus A's. It's going to be really exciting. Astros kind of made a surprising series win against the Twins, as we said. And they're against the Athletics, who um, won in three games against the Sox. Who you got? Sam. A's. A's? I, the Astros impressed me against the Twins. I will say, I thought, I thought the pitching was better than I ever thought it was going to be. But the A's have great pitching as well and the bullpen i think is a huge part of it i talked about the excuse me the a's bullpen a few episodes ago that is the biggest asset of that team and offensively too they're very good with matt olsen and mark canna had a nice series i think the a's are going to come away with the win they are the better team but it would not completely surprise me to see the Astros go to another American League Championship Series. Now, I'm going to go with the Astros here. Mm. Now, I just think that the A's haven't been that lucky in the postseason. They haven't really had that winning success in the postseason, and the Astros have. The Astros know what it takes to win. Uh, maybe know a little bit more than other teams when it comes to what it takes to win, if you know what I'm saying. But I am rooting. Mm. With all my heart, every bone in my body, and what I'm about to say next will shock you, I am rooting for the Astros with every bone what? in my Wow, Jack body. is a traitor. Get off this podcast. Get there off is this nothing, podcast. There is nothing that I would want to see more. Nothing that would give me more oh, I in my know. life oh. than the Yankees <laughs> playing the Astros and the Yankees eliminating the Astros from postseason contention and ending their dynasty, nothing I would rather see more 
than Aaron Judge mash a 500-foot home run against the Astros. That would bring so much happiness and fill my heart with so much joy. Well, before we get a little ahead of ourselves, we have to talk about that series, right? Yankees Rays. Yeah, but let me say my prediction oh, real sorry. quick. I always jump ahead. Let's, so let's not forget Ori. I mean, yeah, let's not forget about me, boys. Um, <laughs> all right, I agree with Sammy here. I got the A's. Not only do I think they're the better team, um, I do understand that the Astros are super hot, so they might win. But I just can't root for the Dod- Astros, and I, w- and I really want my predictions to be correct, so I will go with the A's. So we're going to go on to the hottest team in the league, the Marlins. They're against the Braves, who beat the Reds um, in an absolute pitching fest, uh, which was for those who like old-school baseball, um, not so much for people that like high-scoring baseball. So Marlins, Braves. Um, I know this is a sore spot for Sammy, so maybe we'll go Jack first here. I love the Marlins. It's been a fantastic story. However, I think the Braves win this series pretty easily. I don't think that the Marlins are going to give them any real trouble here, but that's just me. Yeah, I also am going to go with the Braves, and maybe I'm just a little salty at the Marlins right now, but what impresses me about what the Braves did against the Reds is that they pitched really good. And, I mean, they didn't just, like, you know, give up a few runs or whatever. I believe they shut out the Reds Two straight games, just making sure. And, yes, that is the case. That first game was shut out for, like, what, 13 innings? That was crazy, but. I have to say, I enjoy a pitcher's duel as much as the next guy. God damn, that was a boring game. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm coughing well. I like, I mean, 13 innings with no runs, that's crazy. But it, it does show you that the Braves have. Depth in their bullpen that they could use. A great bullpen. I've always loved this bullpen. And a starting rotation that you can rely on. You had A.J. Mincher, a nice start. And then you also have, in game two, the young Ian Anderson. A very nice start. They have reliability with the pitchers. And I think that's how you beat this Marlins team. They didn't really put up that many runs against the Cubs. The Cubs just couldn't hit. And the Braves offensively, there's no questions to be asked so to be there. Fair, the Cubs pitching is, is better than the Braves pitching. Let's the Cubs see. pitching is better than the Braves pitching. But the Braves also have a significantly better offense than the Cubs. So I think the Braves will be able to keep the Marlins within, you know, three, four runs for sure. And this is, that's a team that can easily go out and score six, seven runs a game. I think the Braves will win in four games. Okay, all right. And I am going to keep on this Marlins train. I bruh, said it against the bruh, bruh, bruh. I said it against the Cubs and I'll say it against the Braves here again and I'll tell you why. You are all aboard the Marlins train. I'm on Ori, the bandwagon. Ori's not on the bandwagon. Ori is driving. Ori's the conductor. I created the freaking bandwagon. I'm telling you, the reason they're going to win, all right? People are sleeping on this offense. Yes, they got destroyed by the Cubs pitching. But as Jack said, this Braves pitching rotation is nowhere near the Cubs, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think the Marlins will take advantage of that. And I I just believe in Sixto Sanchez. I know he's one pitcher, but this man is a guaranteed dub. You win game one, you're already on a good start. 
You just need two more games to go your way. So I really do, really do believe in this Marlins team, and I think they will take it. But we shall move on to the Yankees versus the Rays. So this might be the most talented (laughs) series. This is by far the best series of – and I'm not, this isn't. I think it's going to be the in. most exciting Yankee series. Boy, coming in, the Rays hate the Yankees. The Yankees hate the Rays. These two teams hate each other. They do not like each other. This is not uh, joking. This is not yelling at each other during the game and then uh, joking around on Twitter after, like um, the NBA. Yeah, like the NBA, and then also <laughs> Acuna and Bauer. This is these teams really hate each other. Uh, we saw what happened earlier with Brasso and Chapman earlier in the season. It's gonna, there's gonna be hatred. These games are gonna have that little special energy that only come out of a rivalry, and it's gonna be a fun series to watch, man. I sure. have, so, I have the Yankees. Sammy, who you got? I have the Yankees winning this series, and they're the better team. I know the Rays finished with 40 wins, best, second best record in baseball, first in the American League. But the Yankees are the better team. They have some really great arms that are going to be coming out of the bullpen, depth out of the bullpen. Garrett Cole is, I don't want to say an automatic win because he's going to be facing probably like Blake Snell, which now, now it's an interesting, is no easy task. Interesting. Now, Blake Snell, the, the Rays are saying they're leaning towards Blake Snell, and but the Yankees, I feel confident against Blake Snell because the – Blake Snow has, like, one good start against the Yankees this season, but it was back when you had uh, – the Yankees had, like, Jordy Mercer playing shortstop for them. Like, it was Jordy not – Jordy Mercer? I had his bobblehead, actually. The Yankees beat up – the Yankees have put up a ton of runs against Blake Snow in his career. I mean, the Yankees beat up on Blake Snow a little bit. I think if I'm with the Rays here, I'm starting Glass now game one. Yeah, well, that's – As a Yankees that, fan, I am more fearful facing Glass now than Snow right now. Well, and that's the scary thing for the Yankees. I don't think you're going to have problems with your pitching. I think you can honestly, if this goes to five games, get five quality starts and keep the Rays under five runs five times. I think that can absolutely happen. But the Yankees are going to have to score runs too, and that's what concerns me. Yes, you have guys that are great and have shown that they're great, and that's what I'm counting on. But if the Yankees lose the series, which I do not think is going to happen, but if it happens, which very well could, it's going to be because these guys have not played a full season, they haven't seen enough live pitching, and the Rays are one of the best pitching teams in the league. It's not like you're just going to go in there and face some you know, trip, like AAA guy that just got called up. These are the top of the top guys when it comes to velocity, when it comes to stuff, location. Rays are the best pitching team in baseball. And that's the problem for the Yankees. I think they're good enough to overcome that, but that could be their downfall. And if they lose, it will be. Right. I, this is the interesting, interesting thing with the Yankees. Sorry about that. Um, I do not believe the Yankees can win the World Series. I don't think they have the pitching depth when it comes to your starters for it. But – this offense will be able to win you some games that even when your pitching staff isn't doing well, um, you're still going to win some games with this offense. But because of how good the Rays are pitching-wise, and as Sammy said, I think it's going to be too much because if Cole doesn't play incredibly well, 
then that's not a win, right? But even if you do win that game, who do you have starting game two? You have two? freaking Tanaka. Know. Tanaka is Tanaka left for really so many runs. That was so many. one game. Look at his track record in the postseason. He had one bad game in under extreme circumstances. Okay, I mean, well then to, let's see it. I, this there is were two rain delays. He had to take like a half hour break because of a rain delay in the middle. Okay, of I the just I just don't believe in Tanaka. I said it before the postseason. I don't believe in him. I'm saying it now. Hey, coming. You got and also are we forgetting Garrett Cole was the best pitcher that is in this postseason right now. That's true. Name a better pitcher that is still playing. That That's true. That's, That's fair. That's, That's a fair statement. I never said it's not. But even if they win that game one, I don't think they'll have the starting pitching to contend with the Rays pitching, which is why I have the Rays. But anyway, let's get to a really interesting series, the Padres and Dodgers. And it's kind of new school versus old school. When you got the Dodgers who are old school, like they have all the stars. They are absolutely stacked. And then you got the Padres who also have stars, but more young, more exciting, more. It seems like they're having more fun out there. Um, than the Dodgers because the Dodgers have, as Jack said, been there. They've done that. The Padres have not. So, who do you take here, the Dodgers or the Padres? Sammy, we'll go to you first. Oh man, uh, this is tough. Just all so you guys know, I have not made these decisions before. I am like literally thinking of this on the spot. Jack, you need to go first, man. This is too tough for me. Dodgers, I- Dodgers not even a question. Dodgers win this series in four games. Ah, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Jack. Maybe they won't win as handily as Jack says, but the Dodgers are the better team. They have, with Clayton Kershaw pitching the way he has been, I mean, he was incredible in his pitching, um, in his playoff, uh, in his 2020 playoff debut. Um, He was really just absolutely lights out, eight innings scoreless. He was a monster. So, if you have yeah, Clayton Kershaw pitching that way with this offense, which with guys like Walker Bueller, I don't think there's a chance you lose, even though the Padres are extremely exciting. Um, yeah, man, I all love you the Padres. Is just man. minimize what Tatis does, and I think you win this game. And I love the Padres, man, but I don't know. The Dodgers are so good. It's like if you even look at the stats, like there's no way you're not picking the Dodgers. They're, they're just too good on paper. And that is what scares me a little bit because they've been good on paper before. Lots of times before, actually. And I think this year is different, though, because you have a Clayton Kershaw who can't, has had an amazing year. Sub, like, 2.5 ERA, some crazy numbers from him. But he came out and he had a great postseason start. And when you can rely on that man in the postseason to do what he does, that's like an automatic win. And I know I say that a lot with pitchers, but for Kershaw, it really is. I do not care who he's facing, but if Clayton Kershaw is on, he can take on anybody. I, I, honestly. It's a big start for him mentally, too. It is mentally. And it, it, it's tough for me to go against the Padres. I think I even had them like going to the World Series in my – predictions but it's the Dodgers are too good I really do think they're gonna win this series maybe I'll regret this decision but I am rooting for the Dodgers because they've been so talented for so long and it's about time they win a pennant 
you're, they've won some pennants, but win maybe the World Series, really. Differ. I savor in other teams' misery. I savor <laughs> in what Ori has had to go through his entire life with the Orioles. Think about that. Ori has never seen his team win a World Series. We both have. Ori has never. I mean, you were like four years old or something. Yeah, your team hasn't won in like 20 years, dude. I was five. It's been 10 years. I was five. I remember that. I have the postseason. I have the, the year DVD. But it's, it was 2009. It's been 11 years. There's no way you remember them winning the World Series. Like, as much as you want to say you do, you, didn't, you do not remember. Steel, it's 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 a it's a cage in here. Yeah, that's what I thought. No iron way. cage, everything. I remember everything, Ori. Bro, hey, the Cubs won in sixteen. I'm happy with that. If it's another hundred and eight years, you might not see another Cubs win in your lifetime, Sam. That would that would actually make me really sad. Not gonna lie, uh, I'm still in depression, guys. Just an update. <laughs> okay, but let's make our football predictions now. It's one of the most popular segments in the show. Uh, I think it's my favorite Ori's Amazon product today, which will not be making an appearance today, unfortunately. Uh, Ori is a lazy piece of crap. Just <laughs> uh, no, but um, Sammy, take it away. Um, what do you have? Yes, this week is one with not too many exciting games, but I still had decisions to make, and I made them. My luck is the Seahawks over the Dolphins. Dolphins have not looked good. I'm not expecting them to look good against what has been one of the most impressive teams in football. Russell Wilson against a relatively weak secondary. Yeah, the secondary is probably like the best part of that team, but still. Russell Wilson is going to sauce up the Dolphins. And I don't think they stand a chance. And I'll let one of you go with your locks now. Yeah, I'll go. I'll take it away here. Um, for my luck, easy choice. I'm a Ravens fan. We're playing the Washington football team, AKA one of the worst teams in the league. Um, they have no quarterback. They have no offense. They have no defense except for, they have a defense. I mean, not, not against, not against the Ravens. It won't be, this but, hey, defense will stand. No, Ori, what do you have to say just quickly about Monday night? We all had the Ravens winning that game. Ori said that it could be, would be, he said it would be, by 20-plus points. Okay. And the Ravens did not look good. They Lamar Jackson really underwhelmed. The the, his kryptonite. I mean, if they meet up sometime in the playoffs, I mean, Lamar Uh-oh. Jackson is Uh-oh. seeing – I mean, he it's mental now. It's in his head. Yeah, I mean, here, this was the – there were a few issues in the game. It was not the greatest, but – the main thing I want to say is that the Ravens, we weren't playing our best. And on defense, this Ravens team was not themselves. We looked horrible on, on defense. We were just letting Mahomes sauce us up. And, yes, I know, Mahomes is amazing, blah, blah, blah. He's not that good. He's not going to destroy. What? That's what? a cold take. What? what? No, no, no. Get this out of here. Get out of here. I mean, I cannot believe that. You Did you just say what I thought you just said? Sammy, what is This your- is what I mean. This this is what I mean. All I'm saying is that Patrick Mahomes is elite. He is the best quarterback in the league. I agree. But, but he's not that good. But he's the best quarterback in the league. But he's not that good. No, he's not. No, he's not as good. He, this is what I mean, all right? <laughs> I'm saying that when I say he's not that good, I didn't mean it in general he's not that good. I meant 
it in the aspect of he's not as good as he played on Monday. He's not going to play that well against the Ravens the next time they face this defense. He's not going to play that well because he's not good enough to destroy this Ravens defense time and time again. There's no way he Who's can it? do it. Marlon There's Bird? no way he can Marlon do it. Marlon Bird? The guy that – who got the extension for the – for the Ravens. Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey. Yeah. Marlon Bird. He played for the Cubs. Yeah. So Marlon Humphrey. So he just showed you how to get paid big as a cornerback in the NFL. Get absolutely torched in a game. Get absolutely torched. He got burned, my friend. Burned. And then after that, you sign a contract for a lot of money. So I guess that's just how it works. But let's move on now to my lock pick. I have the Rams beating the Giants. Now we made oh, Jack, you're muted. Mute, 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 2020 mute. problems. We made Sammy feel upset about the Cubs earlier. We made Ori feel upset about the Ravens just now. It is now my time to feel upset about my team. The Giants are, in my opinion, the second worst team in football behind only the Jets. Man, New York football is just atrocious. <laughs> uh, we still got the Bills, but they're not. At really least they good. have good basketball teams. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> got one. I mean, there's really one. I mean, the Islanders are good. The Rangers are on their the way. Yankees and the Yankees and the Mets good. are bad. I mean, the Yankees are the best team in the AL, in my opinion. And I don't think that's uh, that hot a take. I mean, they are when they're healthy. Yeah. I, I don't think that's, you know, crazy. But, yeah, so I have the Rams beating the Giants. Uh, You guys can lay it on me here. Just destroy the Giants because I don't have the energy to do it anymore. Yeah, that's fair enough. The Rams are good. The Giants suck. Yeah, yeah. they. I mean, if the, if the Giants Jones, win that game, I will be. Blown I will be away. extremely surprised. I mean, Daniel Jones. If this season keeps on going the way it is, I I don't think he's the quarterback next year. I, I think I think they might have to trade for uh, Mitch Trubisky. I think I'll be a, okay. Okay, that's too, that's, too far. Far. <laughs> that's too far. That's too far. Hey, here's my thing: If the Giants get the number one pick. I think you take Lawrence. However, it is too soon to give up on Daniel Jones. He has had flashes, and it's only his second season. Let's not get crazy here. All right, all right, whatever. Let's go on to the upsets. Um, I kind of want to start with mine here. Uh, I'm going to make Sam Sammy happy here. I'm taking the Bears. I have the Bears winning. They are, based on the spread, the underdogs against the Colts. And reason I'm taking the Bears here, I I was thinking between a few different teams. But when it comes down to it, this Bears defense is extremely, extremely good, and they're going to ride on this defense. And the Indianapolis Colts, who they're facing, don't have an insanely explosive offense. Phillip Rivers is the quarterback. He's not going to make – insane plays he can't really extend plays with his legs so I think that this defense is really going to match up well with this Colts offense yeah when it comes to the offensive side of the Bears though I'm more optimistic than I was two weeks ago when Mitch Trubisky was the starter I mean they have Nick Foles and Nick Foles is a winner man yeah he he will go and he will win games single-handedly um you saw it when he came in midway and had that comeback win and oh. she's going to win this game here, too. And the reason is, is that not only is he a winner, he's a really good quarterback, but this Colts defense doesn't seem like a defense that can absolutely shut out a team. And I think Nick Foles 
will be good enough to score enough points to where the Bears team will win because I doubt this Colts team will score too many on the Bears defense. What I will say about the Colts, they do have the number one pass defense right now in football. A little bit scary, but even if we do nothing through the air, I'm very confident with Montgomery on the ground and our defense. Yes, the Colts have a great offensive line. Whatever. I don't care. Akeem Hicks is second in the league in sacks. Khalil Mack is about to get right up there. You have Robert Quinn coming back. It is going to be really fun to watch. If the Bears defense can – they have not even looked 100% yet. I know the peak of this defense, and we have not seen it yet. If the Bears defense reaches that peak this week, the Colts do not stand a chance, and it depends on that. My upset, though, I'm going to be taking the Vikings over the Texans, and the Vikings have been a little bit concerning so far, but here's my reasoning. The Texans currently have the worst rush defense in the NFL, and the Vikings, arguably, have the best healthy running back in football. You see what I, where I'm going with this? Dalvin Cook, like I, well, I was talking about how Patrick Mahomes sauced up the Ravens and how Russell Wilson's going to sauce up the Dolphins. Dalvin Cook is going to absolutely destroy the Houston Texans. After they gave, uh, got rid of uh, Jadavion Clowney, their rush defense has been abysmal. Now they don't even have Reader. There is no one to stop the run. Dalvin Cook is going to have so much space. And this man's so fast. He could have three touchdowns, which hypes me also because he's on my fantasy team. So I think the Vikings are going to get their first win against the Texans. Don't like it because there's an NFC North team. Dalvin Cook's going to go off. That's the bottom line. Yeah, so for my upset, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars beating the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm betting against Burrow. Uh, a nice alliteration there. Word pod has come up a couple times in this episode. But, yes, I'm betting against Burrow. I just I think the spread is really close here. Uh, Jag, Jacksonville Jaguars have surprised a couple people throughout the gate. Now, I'm not that confident in this pick, but I feel like I just got to go for it. Uh, not many great games this weekend. So this is what I'm doing. I'm kind of taking a half-court shot here on this one. Uh, speaking of half-court shots, let's move on now to the final two games, the first two games of the finals. Now, the Lakers have won the first two in dominating fashion. Dominating fashion. My opinion, it's going to be over two more games. It's a sweep. The Heat have suffered so many injuries to guys like Adebayo. Uh, Jimmy Butler tweaked his ankle. He'll still play, but that might slow him down a little bit. I really think that this series is pretty much over. Yeah, well, the Heat, the big injuries – have been Adebayo and Goran Dragic, two huge injuries. I think the Adebayo one really blew for them because in game two, in game one, Adebayo played like 20-some minutes. Not the full game, but enough. And that, in that game, the Lakers had 38 points in the paint. In the next game without Adebayo, after he got hurt, that 38 went up to 56 Adebayo is that interior defense, and without him, they can't stop LeBron and AD. It, it is impossible, and they're not really going to stop them anyways. 
but they're able to settle them down just a little bit more if Adebayo is in the mix defensively. I don't think it's time yet to count the Heat out. I think they've done some amazing Oh, I am. I'm counting them out. I'm not going to do that yet because Adebayo looks like he's going to be coming back. Butler's going to be fine. Drogic has been a huge piece in this bubble. He's been incredible. But I think you can win games without him against the Lakers. I think they're going to win at least two games before they lose the series. I think they can still win it, though. Do not count the heat out. Yeah, I mean, Sammy has a good point. I would say this is a must-win, though. If you want yeah, to yeah. stay in contention, you cannot go 3-0. I think that's a given. LeBron is not going to let the Heat win this series. Um, that was kind of obvious from the beginning. But after two straight wins, I don't think there's a shot for the yeah. Heat to win. I still think there's a chance for the Heat to make this a little bit more interesting down the line and i think that they can win a few games winning the series i would say is out of the question at this point but i still believe that they can win one two maybe even three games this could go to game seven if it goes to game seven that would be one hell of a ride no but shot in hell on this game goes to game all seven. right hey we'll we'll, we'll uh hey we'll see let's end the show with our last segment here the most positive news that Ori can see here, uh, Doc Rivers to the 76 Yes. All now, right, all right. Ori, I had the floor with the Yankees. Sammy had the floor with the Cubs. Ori, we are giving you the floor. Three, two, one, go. All right, guys. So, the 76ers, it's a team that said, trust the process. What was the process making an incredible team? having a great roster, and that's what we have. We have Ben Simmons as our superstar, Joel Embiid right behind him as one of the best big men in the NBA. I'd flip it, to be honest, but... Nah, Ben Simmons, there's no. I mean, this playoffs shows that Embiid is nothing without... This team is nothing without Simmons. And if you take out Embiid and put in Simmons, I guarantee you we do better. And the reason is, is that Simmons is this team. Um, so that's why I have him there, but I guess it is debatable. So yeah. we have Simmons, we have Embiid, and then we add pieces like Josh Richardson, who is an incredible shooter and we're getting deeper. We have Tobias Harris, on a long-term deal, Al Horford. So this team has the talent. What was the problem? Why is everyone saying, Oh, Ben Simmons can't play with Embiid. That makes no sense. Why can't a great point guard play with a great big man? You see it with LeBron and AD. You see it countless other times with great big men and great um, point guards playing well together. The reason is Brett Brown, our coach. <laughs> he was trash, all right? He was absolute dookie. He was losing us games. This man could not game plan for this offense. He couldn't use the talents correctly. couldn't fully optimize this team. And that is why we have not been as good as I think we need to be. So we get from the Lord, we get Doc Rivers. Like mm-hmm. just, they put him on a silver platter for us and we took yep. advantage. Thank oh God. God we have him. He was incredible for the Clippers. I don't know why they, uh, why he left, but whatever it was, thank you. Because he's going to be this team's savior 110%. Yeah. Um, yeah. He will know how to game plan. He will know how to use the. He will know how to use Embiid. He will know how to use Simmons. 
um, this talent is going to come to fruition. But this says, this means that this upcoming season is the most important for this uh, trust the process era in Sixers history. Because if with Doc Rivers, this team can still not make a run, make it to the finals, then I think it's over. You're going to have to disband. You're going to have to make some trades, fire some people. It's going to all be turned into a dumpster fire. And the process has officially been untrusted. But it's going to be one more season. And this season is extremely crucial um, for the Sixers. It's going to be really interesting to see. Um, but see, I mean, I'm just so happy that we got Doc Rivers. Finally, we'll have someone good at the yeah. helm. If the 76ers passed up, on that opportunity, like you said, it was like on a silver platter. That would be just as bad as the Chicago Bears passing up on Watson and Mahomes. Just as bad. And really, because I think that's what it might take for them to really get over that hump. Doc Rivers, fun little tidbit, has not had a losing season since 2006. Not saying the 76ers are in jeopardy of having a losing season, but it just goes to show you he is a successful coach and he was successful with the Celtics early in his career. He's had a lot of success with the Clippers, although he came short of a few good opportunities to win the finals. I do think he's the right guy for the job. Like you said, it's a team stacked with talent. And I thought it was smart of you to say that if it doesn't work out with Doc Rivers, that's when you start disbanding it. That's when you start saying, all right, things need to change. Now, my question for you is right now, do you think there are any trades, free agent signings, any moves that they can make in just in general to optimize their chance of winning next year? Or do you think the roster they have is good and you trust that roster with Doc Rivers? Okay, so I think that this roster is really, really good. I do trust it with Doc Rivers, but I wouldn't mind adding depth. I think yeah, the team course. has really – we're really good when it comes to the starting five. I think we have one of the best starting fives in the league, and with Doc Rivers, it will be fully optimized, which I'm really excited about. But this bench is going to have to step up, and we're going to need to add maybe one or two good, good bench players. And I think if we do that with Doc Rivers, we can beat NBA champions next year. I believe wow. it. I'll take. I there mean, are a lot I of did. good teams that you have to face off next year. The Nets are a team. The, I mean, the, the Lakers, the Heat are going to be great again. They're going to be good again. I mean, there are a lot of good teams, but we'll see. But that is it from us on this episode of Chatter from the Cheap Seats. Sammy, what are your parting words here? Another fun episode, of course, every time, 34th time. Really fun talking sports with y'all, and I, I will update you on the stages of grief about the Cubs. We'll see if you ever I get will try. I will try to work through it. Maybe I'll get some counseling. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the counseling y'all gave me today. Very, very <laughs> insightful. But hopefully I recover. If I don't, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, uh, fun episode. Ori, what do you have to say? Um, I just really want to sleep. So good episode today. <laughs> Ori, uh, I appreciate you saying you have to sleep. That's why I'm going to give my, uh, 
33-minute speech. I timed it on the dot here uh, about why the Cubs are terrible. No, 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 I don't want to. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's it from us this episode. Great episode, as always. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, chatter underscore Chiefsies pod, chatter from the Chiefsies on YouTube. Uh, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And to you guys next time on Shatter from the Cheap Seats. Ori, take us out. Bye.